What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we're going to talk about a book we hate. It's called The Modern Witches Spellbook by Sarah Ladon Morrison. Uh, actually, book two. She has a book one. So I have to backtrack a little bit. Because in the last episode, last podcast, I said, oh, yeah, you know, I have this book and the people want to get it. So I started looking, looking it over again. And I went, God, I hate this book. Like, why do I have this book? Where's book one? So I was talking to a friend of mine who I know, who I've known as long as I've had this book. And I said, you know, this book, blah, blah, blah. He goes, you still have that piece of crap? I said, yeah, but don't I have book one? Okay, so I have confused this book with a whole other two books that we can talk about on another day. So this book, I can't stand. So this book, he reminded me, was gifted to me by somebody who thought that I could use it. Got it. Now, the reason that I first wanted to talk about a spell book is that I feel like people ask us all the time for spells. And we do sit in Spell Sunday. So, you know, how do we do our spells and whatnot? So I thought it'd be great to dive into a spell book. As I started reading it, I went, oh, God, now I know why I hate this book. And I said, no, this is good. It's good that I hate it. Let's see what Gemini says. And you told me you hated it. So I said, but there is, so I think that it's important to look at this for a bunch of different reasons. So let's dive in. Like I always do a little bit of her bio. Now, here's the interesting thing. I could not find a lot about her. I will tell you this. She is the author of a bunch of series of books that start out Modern Witch. So the Modern Witch's Book of Herbs and Healing, Book of Home Remedies, Book of Symbols, Guide to Magic and Spells. But who is she? Well, this book came out in 1986. Book one of Spells came out in 1971. This woman worked for Vogue, Glamour. Um, She wound up living in Washington, D.C. and worked at the American Legion. She also did tourism for Puerto Rico and lived in Puerto Rico for a while. You hearing anything witchy in that bio? No. So basically, when you look at some of the spells that she talks about, they're not awful, but they've been appropriated. And some of them are really attributed to Caribbean folk magic, not witchcraft. And that's why I think she wants to make this distinction. Like, I'm not Wiccan. You know, this is witchcraft. No, it's not. It's somebody else's practice. And you, like a good reporter, have condensed it into a book. Notice that everything has a story and the spell comes at the end. So not that the spells are bad, but they're out of context. And there's no reason behind why certain elements are used. For any spell that I might give somebody, I can think of a bunch of things you can substitute and get the same result. She has very specific things that she uses Because she doesn't understand the practice behind it. So she's just saying, you need blank, 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 blank. But anyway, um, what else about her bio? She died in 2007. And that's that's about it as far as her bio. So now Gemini has her, she's like, has her hands together and is staring at me. So I'm going to stop and tell me your thoughts. Now she's covering her eyes. Go ahead. I just loved that, like, very quick little analysis that you did. Because it's so, like, this is a thing that I think we've tried really hard to communicate to the people that listen to the podcast, is that one of the most important tools you have as a practitioner of witchcraft, regardless of how you do it, is to understand the paradigms and the correspondences and the reason why you do your magic. And as you said it, I was like, oh my god, you're completely right. She has no idea why. 
she does she's saying do this do that do the other thing she's just regurgitating it and i was i didn't like the book before for a number of reasons and now i'm like low-key mad like excuse me you have the audacity to write a spell book and you don't even know how this shit works yeah, I, I don't remember the spell. There was one spell in particular that I went, this is from Puerto Rico. What the heck is going on? Because um, I actually did the opposite. Usually I do the bio first. Like I do a little bit of digging on the person before. Mm-hmm. And this time I didn't. I just did the book and I said, okay, wait a minute. Who is this person? And when I read that, I went, okay. So that illuminated that. Um, what's interesting is her intro. Unless you oh. want to say something else. I wanted to dive into it. No, I'm ready to murder that intro. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so right off the bat, she says, it seems that very desperate people turn to witchcraft and then sit down and write asking what to do about their situations. So she says that, but then her whole book is monetizing on these people who are perhaps desperate and need, right? Yeah. Uh, spells should, in fact, work for anyone who works hard enough at them. Yes, but like you said, you know, it's about understanding why there's a correspondence between things. And in a way, it's very scientific. Yes. You know, creating a spell, um, you should know what works, what doesn't work, and why. Yes. You know, um, there has to be a reason. So when she says it should work for anyone who works hard enough at them, I almost feel like it's a great excuse to then say, it didn't work for you. You didn't work hard enough. I agree completely. And then for her to go on in that same, that beginning of the paragraph and say, but it takes a visual mind. She's already hedging her bets. She's already saying, oh, oh, your spell didn't work. Your mind must not be visual enough. And we've, we've talked about this in the podcast because I don't see things. I don't see anything. I wrote <laughs> like, that I down. I yeah. I don't close my eyes. I just see darkness. And I'm a- I mean, not to like toot my own horn, but I'm I'm a damn good witch. I can yes. absolutely do witchcraft. And so it's, this is just hedging your bets. It's just saying, oh, it didn't work. It's these reasons. It's not me. I didn't do it. Right. You did it. Right. You did it. You weren't visualizing. You didn't work hard enough. And that's why it didn't work. And that's crap. Um, and it's really funny because when you did that whole test with me with the whole Apple thing and you said, well, I don't visualize anything. I was in shock, not because I feel that witches need to visualize. I just thought everybody visualized. You know what I mean? Like, it just never occurred yeah. to me that somebody couldn't. Um, and it never occurred to me that that is something you need to be to be a witch. I just, that's crazy. Um, but yeah. She then, like, goes on a whole thing about the ways that you, like, she she makes you very clear. Visualizing is essential. And if you can't do it, then you suck. Right. Like, this doesn't sound very difficult, but it is. Girl. The problem also, though, is that she does say things that I agree with. You know? Yeah. She says that you need to keep an image strongly. Okay, whatever. Chanting the spell with utmost emotion. And I and I wrote down, you know, that's the reason why I'm a big proponent for writing down words to go with your spell. Because yeah. it's so easy for me, especially. I get distracted by the littlest thing, or I'm trying to think of something and my mind goes somewhere else. So if I've written a spell and it's short enough and it rhymes, then I've internalized it and I'm kind of, I'm focused on my words and I'm focused on mm-hmm. what they mean. And then I can make the thing happen. If you do that, I almost feel like, do you have to visualize? No. Yeah. 
So for people who can't visualize or say like, this is really hard, that I really encourage those people to write stuff down because that chant will get you into that. You'll build up the energy too. And it'll just yeah. get you into that mindset. And you don't have to visualize crap if you can't, you know? Um, yeah. My favorite is when she, in her continuation of You Must Be Able to Visualize, tells us a story about someone she knew who told her that he has finally learned to fly by practicing transcendental meditation. That is the most, like, 1975, I don't understand how Asia works bullshit I've ever heard. Like, dude, why why are you going to add that little snippet into your book so people think, oh, I can fly? If I work hard enough, I can fly? Like, it's just mean. It's just mean to do. Yeah. I agree with you. It made me angry. And then she tells us what a modern witch is. And I love this. I love this in that I love to hate it. All right. Someone who is guided by love to the greatest degree possible. When that approach fails, however, it sometimes is necessary to intervene with a non-satanic but succinct reaction. What the fuck? Like what? This is the beginning of her just slipping God and Satan into everything? Yes. Because it's there's no reason for you. You don't have to say non-satanic. That's not, that means, that's a, that's a dog whistle. That's a dog whistle. You're saying, oh, we're not those witches. We don't do the bad stuff. Witchcraft is fine. And it's like, it's a book for witches. I think we get it. You know, this is kind of getting off the subject, but this whole thing of Halloween, um, so I follow this couple on TikTok and they're Muslim. She was born Muslim. He converted. And I love their TikToks. I feel like they're really informative and it really talks about their practice. And then they talk about why they don't celebrate Halloween. They said that they, as kids, would go trick-or-treating, but they don't want their kids taking candy from strangers. I get it. Especially now, mm-hmm. this year. Like, yeah. You know. um, but, she's, but they said, but it's also because it's a holiday, you know, attached to Satanism. And I went, oh, for the love of God, like there, you just lost all your credibility with me. So I went into the comments and people were saying it's not satanic, blah, blah. One Satanist replied, yes, it is. One Satanist said, no, it isn't. And they're saying, see, this one Satanist said, why are you guys attacking? This Satanist said. (laughs) So I wrote, why don't you listen to the rest of us? This one crackpot who's saying one thing and everybody else who's saying something else. Um, But you're right. She's, She's including God in here. And it seems like she wanted to say that modern witches were secular, but okay, so let's see what happens. Modern witches are white witches and are not given to black deeds. Um, so then she talks about, go ahead. I know that like we often use white magic and, and black magic as a community to describe things. And I know that it has been said, especially like Martin Luther King had commentary on it, about how you shouldn't say black magic because it is racist. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels racist in this book. Like, I've read books where it says black magic and I'm like, okay, they're just using that term because that's the term that they know. This feels like she took a bunch of black people's magic and then was like, oh, but not black magic. Like, this is good magic because I'm telling you about it. Like, it, the, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And I think we might be looking at this through the lens of 2020 versus 1980-something. Oh, um, 
But you might be right. Maybe that's because, I mean, she doesn't seem like a great person. I love the story she tells about Hawaii and the Hawaiian couple that invite her over to their house and they have real shrunken heads. Okay. And who doesn't collect, not who doesn't, people don't, but many people collect oddities. (laughs) Who doesn't collect shrunken heads? I was going to say who doesn't collect oddities. And then I realized, okay, maybe not everybody out there collects things like this, but that's not, and then a Hawaii, the statue of a Hawaiian poison God. All right. Um, I have a ring with poison flowers on it. And I mean, what does that say? It's just, it's just a thing. Obviously this couple collects oddities. That's how I saw it. Right. Um, But then she found out they practiced black magic and never spoke to them again. Why? Why are you being so judgmental? I mean, even if they said to you, yes, we shrunk these heads. It's what we do. We pray to this God of poison and we like to poison people. As long as they're your friends, they're not going to poison you or your loved ones. I mean, just leave them alone. I don't know. I, I mean, am I, am I nuts? I think maybe if they are poisoning people that are like, I don't want, I don't want to be associated with that just for the aftermath if the police no, get involved, I that know. sort of stuff. I but know. Um, I think your point is even strengthened by that next story that she says. Because I'm going to read this to everybody because it made me so mad I need everyone to hear it. Another incident occurred on the 4th of July several years ago. I attended a country party and there was a woman who was invited specifically to meet me because of her interest in witchcraft. She was elderly, perhaps in her early 70s, and arrived in all purple. Shoes, handbag, dress, hat. There was an aura about her beyond the purple clothes that indicated that she was into the practice of evil witchcraft. Because I had nothing whatsoever to say to her or do with her, she left the party almost immediately. So you prejudged this old woman and then Mm -hmm. were super rude to her at a party that she specifically came to to meet you? And you think that that – you think her leaving is supporting your analysis of her being into evil witchcraft instead of just you're a dick? Yeah. This poor old woman. Probably the first person that's ever, like, been interested in witchcraft. She's, like, so excited to meet her. She gets her little purple getup on. And this bitch is, like, she's got bad vibes. Like, I'm mad for this woman in 1985. Like, how dare she? I know. No, I I agree. Uh, You must never have anything to do with black magic practitioners. Their craft is not of God, but of the devil. Um, wait a minute. Now we're, modern witches are Christian witches? Yeah. No. No, we're not. Um, she says covens are Wiccan, and she is not Wiccan. Well, neither is everybody in, in our coven. Yeah. So she's full of crap. So with that, we go into part one. So the, the introduction right there already tells us this is going to be fraught with, a, with bullshit. I mean, it's just... Yeah, it, it is fraught with bullshit, because part one is love spells. Ah, so you don't practice black magic. But let me tell you how to do these things. And some of these things, I'm sorry, fall under the realm of hexes. Some of these things are magical roofies. Yes! Oh, that's a great way to put it. And it's really disconcerting. But also, before we get into that, her definition of love spell is basically like the Dungeons and Dragons definition of necromancy, where like (laughs) everybody thinks necromancy is like raising people from the dead but like healing spells count as love spells so she's doing like she's got like love spells which are like you know what we traditionally think of as love spells but then she's also got like to save a friendship i i wouldn't put that in a love to overcome fear i wouldn't put that in a love spell 
that's not a love spell. That's like a, a spell to overcome fear. Yeah. So not only does she have a bunch of we ha- spells we have to talk about because they're just inappropriate, but she's also mixing in things that I think probably would have made a very reasonable section of beginner witch magic. Yeah, I agree with you. So right off the bat, she says, most spells that I find work best are based on the concept of sympathetic magic, which means an object or substance representing or taken from the person you want to bewitch. Okay, I I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, that's that's hexing. You are taking something from somebody. And she even goes into a whole story about manicures. Men get manicures. Yes, she's she sends men to the freaking like the nail salon so that she can take their toenails, which is so fucking weird. Yeah. But if we're going to go there, at least I know in some of the traditions that of my family, um, but not to not to hurt, sometimes to heal. They want to get something of that person, to get the energy of that person, to yeah. send healing energy to them. So I know that when she's talking about this, I'm like, I kind of have yeah. a feeling where you got this from. I'm not saying that people didn't also take these things for some of the purposes, she says. Um, yeah. She used to think that all men were kinds of spiders and just lying in wait to do harm to females. But she doesn't feel that way anymore. I, you know. So I know that we've been like very sassy to male witches on the podcast because, you know, there is definitely a subset of male witches that have vocal opinions about the superiority of their gender and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is something fundamentally different about two witches speaking on their personal experiences on a podcast that, I mean, feasibly is while loved by our audience, not like a huge platform, Mm -hmm. versus somebody publishing a book, right? If if I was the editor of that book and I saw that, I would be like, this is too much. This adds nothing except making dudes like a little bit uncomfortable to read this book. Like, okay, you you hated men and now you don't hate men anymore. Congratulations. You know, I want to also chalk it up to the time period that she lived in. And we've never said that all men are creeps lying in wait or spiders never. lying in wait or something. Um, I think that our reactions have also come from the way some male witches approach the craft as though yeah. I'm here now, you can listen to me. And it's like, yeah, no, thanks. Thanks, bye. Um, there are creeps of both sexes. So, you know, back to the binary. Yeah. Story of an untrue lover. So... Is she asking for violence in that spell? Oh my god, as far as I can tell, this young woman is asking for violence of some kind. How fucked up is that? So, uh, for context for the listeners, she she tells a story. Every single spell is a story. Um, It's its its own little, like, I could have written an article about this, but instead I put it in a book. About, you know, a young woman who cheats on her partner. And, you know, tells him that she's cheating on him. And he's upset about that. And the spell is to fundamentally, I guess, convince the woman not to cheat on the partner. But Sarah, her name is Sarah. Yeah, Sarah Morrison is like, this girl who is cheating on her partner deserves violence. That she is asking for violence. Like, yeah, the 1975 jumped out. 
Actually, the 19, maybe 45 jumped out. I think 1975 women were fighting for more than this. Also, the spell asks this poor man to break a mirror in his lover's presence. Like, how, how do you explain these things to people? Right? You're just looking at your cheating girlfriend and you smash a mirror yeah. in front of her and then you start chanting? That'll, that will absolutely get rid of an untrue lover because it will get rid of your lover. You will not have a partner anymore. <laughs> if my husband – like hypothetically, right? Because I would never. But if I'm cheating on my husband and he comes in and smashes a mirror in front of me, I'm like, okay, you know what? That's, that's violence. Right, I'm exactly. leaving. The other thing that I think is interesting is how about giving this person a spell to grow a set of ovaries or whatever and to just say, I'm not going to be treated this way. So if this is what you want to do, depending on whose house it is, either I'm leaving or you're leaving or whatever. Like, why do you want this person back? This person is admitting to your face. I don't know what I want. I want you both. Like, I don't know. And, um, you know, unless this person is being upfront that they want a polyamorous situation and then it's up to you to say, I agree with this or not. Why are you putting up with this? Yes. Why is your... Yeah, like, I don't get it. She also has a spell for meeting someone at the grocery store. Um, Which, like, I do love the idea of that. Like, I love the premise of... Because I feel like that's a meet-cute in, like, comedies where, like, they meet at the grocery store and then they fall. So I I do like the idea of, like, making yourself more open to meeting men at the grocery (laughs) store. Like, I just think that's funny. But also, so it's it's weird. It's weird. It's weird to be like, yes, well, I want to. Like, she's got one for office romance, too. Why would you want that? I think that these spells are hilarious conceptually. But if if someone were to actually do them, I would just look at them and be like, what the fuck, bro? I know. Like, what's going on with Why? How to get rid of him. Now, (laughs) right, which is right next to on the page. The page next to it is how to get him. And then it's how to get rid of him. And I'm thinking, I can think of two things you could do before you do the spell. One, how about talking to him and telling him it's over? That That's just, you know. Um, Seriously. If, if you think one. that he's violent, why don't you try changing the locks when he goes to work and then calling the police? I mean, I, I just feel like there are other steps before resorting to getting yeah. rid of someone and then to get her back. You know, in both cases, we're talking about changing somebody's will instead of, uh, you know, really affecting yeah. yourself, you know, asserting yourself and your space and deciding what you want for yourself versus I have to do a spell on this person. I don't know. Can I talk about the marriage knot? Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, so, again, I'm going to just read from the book because I need people to hear what has been said. As any woman can tell you, these days, trying to get a man to marry you meets with only limited success. Men are very wary of marriage for one reason or another, but they are even more so now. I think women's lib has done more to harm the prospects for getting an eligible man to marry you than almost anything else. Just say you hate women. <laughs> just, like, just say, I hate women. <laughs> just, like, oh, I'm so sorry that women want to, like, have jobs and their own bank accounts and vote separately from their husband. Like, yeah, that's definitely screwing up your ability to get married. That's so insane. It's just, I know. Like, and of course, I love the idea of a marriage not as a symbol of the two parties coming yeah. together but the idea that like you're gonna do it on your own you're gonna tie the knot and then oh now my husband is gonna my my boyfriend's gonna marry me or like that's uh again 
magical roofie. You're just taking the choice away from that person, which is most of these spells. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Is the problem. I felt bad for the old woman having a nervous breakdown spell. I I feel like it's one very judgmental. Um, She hates women. Well, you just said she hates women, period. You said it. Yeah. 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 There's not (laughs) a lot of my notes are just like, ew. I just wrote ew next to it. But did you see why the woman had a nervous breakdown? Because she did tarot cards. She asked for a reading about her boyfriend. And um, she eventually found out he wanted to dump her. So she had a nervous breakdown. Yes. Like, Which, like, I don't understand how, one, that happens. But I don't understand how this author is like, well, I I hated men. And also I hate women. And also I hate anyone that has relationships. And also I hate anyone that has feelings about those relationships, whether they're positive or negative. Like, like this poor girl. Like, did you need to write her story in your book? Do you have to write the story of every – that's the thing that just kind of made me annoyed. Like, one, are these stories even right. true? Two, if they are, why are you telling everybody's business Well, she book? doesn't use names. I guess she figure, figures she can use this. And but I think still. she wants people to, quote, unquote, relate to these stories. I can't relate to this. I mean – I don't know. Your boyfriend finds out they want to go for it with somebody else, then go. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what? Don't... I mean, would I be yeah, upset? But... Absolutely. Would I cry a lot? Would it be devastating? Yeah, but like, I don't think that would be a nervous right. breakdown. I don't think you should characterize like reasonable distress as a nervous exactly. breakdown. Oh my God, she's got, oh my God. Okay. It's on page 57. If anybody's reading this book, which I'm sorry. I know. Um, to stave off marital violence. A spell to make your husband not beat you. Right. First of all, look, truly first of all, the way that this bitch talks about this situation is just, I hate women. Right? It's completely dismissive of the gravity of the situation of being in a violent marriage. But also... The spell is freaking put a powder under his pillow and chant, chant over the powder. Your husband is going to beat you if he sees you. If he's a violent man, that is not going to help you. I'm not laughing because someone should get beaten, but you're right. Like, Like, you're not even giving these women like, you know, there's been those commercials that have gone around where it's like, call the pizza place. Right. If you can't call the cops, right? Like the idea that you're going to create a spell and so fundamentally misunderstand the situation that the spell is for to the point where it is an obvious spell that like the partner can see and that would undoubtedly make someone like the chant is touch me not or all harm come to you. A violent drunk man hearing you chant that over his pillow, probably not going to handle it well. I don't think that's like a far jump for me to make. I think probably not going to handle it well. And you have the power. Like Sarah Morrison had the power here to create something that someone might rely on. And so what you're saying is, I don't I don't care about the situation. I don't care about the the spell paradigms that would be useful here to actually help someone. Right? Like regardless of you need to go through mundane sources first regardless of blah 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 somebody wants a spell for something like this do not give them this spell give them a a, a charm bag 
right? Give them journaling. Give them something that's secret for themselves. Don't give them chant over this man's pillow to try and give him dreams so he feels bad about beating you. But I mean, more than that, the first thing you should tell that person is you need help. Can I help you? Can I call someone? Here are some numbers. You need to get out of this relationship, you know? Um, And then yes, then give them something for themselves while they're going through this transition of being in a relationship to getting help. But yeah, it's so dangerous to tell women... And I mean, she starts that with, usually it's too late in the battered woman syndrome to do much about threats of violence. Battered woman syndrome. Because it's, I have a syndrome if I get beat. It's not just my husband sucks as a human being. She just hates, she hates everybody. But she likes their money because she wrote a bunch of books. Um. Part of a spell she wrote for dealing with an enemy at work, you're tied to me as long as I wish. And I just thought it can't get any darker than this. We're talking about hexes. Also, I wouldn't. Well, no kidding, but I'm just saying. Yeah. um, You know, I I feel like these stories that she writes, you know, when you watch old movies and women are reading, you know, women's magazines and they have these stories yes. and like, dear Abby, like, can you help me? I have this situation. Yes. This is what these stories read like. They read like a 1940s or 1950s type of magazine, ladies magazine. You know, um, I can't say it in a different tone. That's the tone that I think of when I think no, of yeah. those old magazines. Um, and, and it's kind of like for entertainment and it's so that women can feel, I think she feels that women are going to be empowered by this. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. bizarre. I don't disagree with you. Oh, it's a very conservative take also on Mm. witchcraft. Like, I think it's very interesting for it to be called the modern witch's spell book. And then to have, like, really these very conservative views about, like, a woman's place and how she should get a man and and the relationship between people. Like, I I feel like, and please correct me if I'm wrong. That because the witchcraft community tends to also be on the margins of society, that we skew more progressive. You know, I think that there's a much more, um, you know, empathetic and considerate aspect of a lot of these witchcraft practices. And so we're more likely to care about our fellow man and, like, want Medicare for all so that we can support each other and, like, things like that. Like, more considerate of others. And this book is really very, like like you said like 1945 conservative these are the roles that you need to fill and here's how i'm going to help you fill them with magic i think that the original um original witches the old guard we call them um you know progressive in some ways and not in others yeah you know they were not you know progressive when it comes to the lgbtq community at all right Um, everything was very much set up with gender binary roles. And, you know, I I forgot which book we read where somebody said, you know, well, maybe this type of witchcraft will accept homosexuals or something like that. I forgot the line. It was Buckland, right? Um, so even the most open and quote unquote progressives still had to deal with a lot of things. And that was one of the things they dealt with, you know, um, I should say did not deal with, you know, uh, and also this idea of appropriating from other cultures and now saying, well, this is going to be part of my witchcraft instead of saying, this is a part of witchcraft that belongs to these people. And, you know, should you use it or not use it? And, you know, I I don't really push people too much, but 
I just see a lot of people who are not of a culture following or wanting to follow this particular thing yeah. because they feel it's going to make them stronger or that I'm going to incorporate this into my witchcraft. And, you know, I do it, but I come from it from the other side, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not white trying to, you know, appropriate other things. And I don't try to appropriate something from a sister's practice, you know, um, not Mexican, for example, there are some incredible Mexican brujas um, and their magic is amazing and I don't try to say well let me see what I can learn from them. I mean I do try to see what I can learn from them what I'm saying is I don't try to appropriate them even though um, you know it's like cousins when you think about the the background of our yeah. of our peoples you know I recognize something for what it is and I think it's amazing and I could share with a bruja if she shares with me you know or if she shares with me I feel like I want to share with her um, but I don't just try to take, and I feel that so much of witchcraft was first taking from, you know, white Europeans. And then yeah. as it kept expanding, well, now, you know, I want to do hoodoo. Well, oh no, you know, I want to learn from, you know, I want to burn Palo Santo and I want to do all these things. Yeah. And it's like, some of these things bother me. Some of these things get under my skin. And so yeah. I feel that as progressive as witchcraft has been, because I agree with you on that point, but there's two factors that I don't think witchcraft or white witches have really like looked at themselves about. And I think that now we realize that the old guard was really, you know, anti LGBTQ and really anti anything that wasn't British traditional Wicca. If it wasn't white Wicca, if it wasn't white witchcraft, you're not a witch. Um, So I think those are things that have changed now, but when she was writing, I still think those were things, you know, we can take from these people, but they're not real witches, you know? Um, But then don't take our magic if it's not real witchcraft. Yeah. You know? So she just bypassed that by saying, well, we're not Wiccan. We're modern witches. So she could just steal from everybody and put in this book. And then on top of it, put in her, you know, backward way of thinking about women and people in general. Do you want to skip to part two? Oh, sure. Spells for other events. In that intro to part two, she says, witches shouldn't harm anyone in any significant way if they fear for their immortal souls. You're just, she's just Christian. Like, I wish you would just say that I'm a Christian witch. Like, the Christian witch's spell book would be very useful to Christian witches, and I would have known not to make it up. Well, I, I think I, I skipped over that, but I did see that she had a mass in a church. I forgot what type of church. It was some sort of Christian church when she died. Oh. So, yeah. It just feels like a gimmick. Ah. Mm-hmm. It just feels like... Yes. I, like, I wrote this book to make money off of people. Yes. I hate that. It makes me so sad. So this this spells for other events thing is supposed to be basically to, like, deal with conflict. Um, and she says it would be easy for me to recommend spells from the annals of black witchcraft. But I found through the years that for the ordinary good person walking around with a belief in God... Black magic can be extremely dangerous. It can boomerang and leave the spellcaster in worse circumstances than before. And it's like you're so close to getting the rule of three and yet so yeah. far away from it. Like, how how do you tell people, here's a spell to convince a man to be in love with you and then go into your next section and say, oh, but don't do black magic because it'll come back and get you. I don't, it does, it fundamentally does not make sense to me. 
I think it makes sense if you think of this as, again, I know that it's the 80s, but I think of this as like a 1950s housewives yeah. version of good and bad. Yes. It's good to want to have a husband if you are a woman and you should make sure you get that. And once you get that, don't let it go because it's really important. Like, I feel like to those values then, you know, they color everything else. I thought to assist job hunters who have given up was actually a decent spell. Yeah. Every once in you a while, know? there's like, there's like a good spell. There's like a spell where yeah. I'm like, hey, useful. Yeah. And like, job hunting is one of the things that I think people ask for spells for. Like second most often. You get love spells, first request, second request is help me get a job. So right. thank you for putting one good spell <laughs> that it did that helps with one thing. Although, doesn't she I don't know if it's that spell or a different spell, but she talks about like bewitching a guy to call her back for a job and Oh yeah. He was confused, but he called me back and I didn't get the job and I assumed that it was, you know, that this was God's plan. Witchcraft can't bypass God's plan. It's like, first of all, I bet he wasn't confused. Like, that shit pisses me off when you try to make it, like, like, Sabrina Spellman kind of shit, like, yes, like, charmed kind of shit. Like, he had no idea why he was calling me. He knew why he was calling you. That's not how magic works. You can't fly just because you think about it enough. <laughs> God, stop telling people that they can do that. I really loved her condescending to assist sensitive secretaries spell. Because oh, yeah. that, that was some patronizing shit right there. Like, oh, sensitive secretaries are these young women who are secretaries and they really want to do well at their job. And so I put this spell on these other two secretaries to make them really motivated to try and trick the other secretary into working harder. Like, that's not your business. Yeah, exactly. And why are they overly sensitive because they want to do well at their job doesn't shouldn't everybody when they start a job want to do well at their job i mean fundamentally you should want to do well at your job forever right if you have a job wouldn't you want to be successful at it so that you don't get fired and that you can get promotions and like the normal thing that you do when you get yeah. a job right no it's it's bonkers oh my god oh i didn't even notice this to win an office confrontation she wants you to collect dead spiders. No. Yes. No. Yeah. I'm not doing I, that. Yeah. <laughs> I hate spiders so much. I was in class on... <laughs> Are you yeah. about to tell me, but you're a science teacher, so you have to like bugs? Because people do that to me all the time. No, not like bugs, but... My, my, no, my question was going to be, dead spiders, do you, do you have to kill them? Or do you just find them dead? <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I can't what I happened to you in class on friday and my first period class there was a big bug and i made a kid smush it and put it in the garbage because i can't stand bugs and then literally the next period there was another giant bug and the kids that class were like oh miss i'm gonna pick it up and put it on your desk so i'm like sitting on my desk chair like with my legs up like trying to so just imagine what i would look i want everyone listening to imagine like a full-on insectophobe, arachnophobe, can't stand bugs. Imagine me trying to do this spell. Like big, oh, big kitchen gloves on, like low-key vomiting over my shoulder trying to drop spiders. I mean, I, I don't even hate the premise. I actually think if I, if I like look at my own correspondences, that that's probably a pretty good spell. 
right? Like to win an office confrontation using spiders. I get it. I understand. I just could never do it. I mean, I could. I just, I don't understand why. First of all, I don't come across dead spiders usually. Usually the ones that I see are pretty much alive. So I have to kill this thing now? And then would it change the spell if you smush the spider? Right. Why are you taking this life to do this? I don't know. I try to put insects outside. There are some that really skeeve me out, like the ones that have all those legs. Look like eyelashes running around. Yeah, I just, I smush those. But like, I try not to... She's going to throw up. Thank God we're not in the same room. If you puke, I'm just so glad we're not in the same room. This is like the best. I had no idea you were like this with insects. I really hate bugs. And you grew up in the suburbs. Like, I I actually grew up totally okay with bugs. Um, I, the way I explain this, I don't know if this is actually true, but this is how I explain it to people. I basically like Pavlov's dogs to myself with bugs i just decided one day that i didn't like them and then i now i really don't like them i don't know how to backtrack from that i don't know how to like get in my own head that like no actually bugs are okay you're cool with bugs like it just as i grew up i just can't stand bugs (laughs) (laughs) okay so i grew up in the city and you know in new york we, ha- we don't just have one type of roach. You have different types of roaches. And in the summer, you get those big flying water bugs, they call them, but they're big roaches. And yeah, it's really gross. So we have flies and we have roaches, and that's about it in the city. Um, and yeah. usually you don't have roaches. Roaches are easy to take care of, you know, I mean, to get rid of the problem. And the big, but the big ones come in, you're just going to get them, period. You just have to deal with it over the summer, depending on where you live in the city and how close you are to water and how much water there is you know how much rain we're getting how humid it is but when i moved to the suburbs i was like what is this like, I, I didn't even know what it was like i would look at these things and just go what is going on like i thought i was moving mm-hmm. somewhere else like i was moving away oh, so from bugs ones. and i came to just a different type of bug what i really hate are the spider yes. webs when you walk out in the morning and you don't see it and all of a sudden you're like in a web and you have to like start oh that's just annoying is unless there's another spell you want to talk about i wanted to talk about um hell yeah What's really troubling about her books. So I think what's really troubling about her books for anybody who's looking for spell books is that you'll go into a store and a lot of times you don't know who you're looking for. So you see a name like this and you go, well, I don't know who she is, but she's published so much. So Mm -hmm. she must be good. And that's what I think is troubling is that for a beginning witch or even a witch who just wants to see something new, um, a lot of times we do that. We do that with anything, right? We, we go to get a book. This is kind of interesting. And you look back at the shelf and you go, oh, yeah, they've written a bunch of other things. So they must be yeah. a good author if they keep getting published. And I don't know if things have changed since the 80s and the 70s when she was writing. But it makes you think when you go to get a book on witchcraft, if you can't count on the longevity of the author, what do you do? How do you know? How, do you, how can you say this is, is a good book? That is a very book? important question. You should answer it because my answer is bad. Okay. I, how, what's your answer? I mean, and I have to hear I just, it. I just buy a book and then if I start reading it and I hate it, I get rid of the book. And what's wrong with that? Because I have, you know, how old am I? At least 13 years of experience of doing all of this and you've got even more than that. So I can comfortably walk into a bookstore and know 
just in just inherently whether or not a spell book is good but if you're like a, a beginning witch you don't have those years of experience to be like this book sucks and so you know i don't want to suggest that to people and then have them go and pick a book and be like oh well chef and i said i should just pick one up and see if i like it you know you know the hard thing is when you start you usually start alone yeah and we've always talked about how it's scary to go out there and meet people like how do you meet somebody who's into what you're into and how do you even know what you're into until you learn more so i don't think that your theory is is the wrong one to pick up a book forget forget how many books are on the bookshelf if it doesn't seem right i also think age i think that we have come so far as witches I would look at, you know, when was this first published? If the first book she published in the, was in the 1970s, then you guys say to yourself, what could be in there? That being said, this is not a spell book, yeah. but I, we also encourage people to read the old text. You should know where this came from. You should know who Gerald Gardner is, not just because people have talked yeah. about him, but read what he has to say, even though you're going to tear it apart, because I think it's important to know. But when it comes to spell books... I think you do need to read a couple of things. Find out who the author is. If you see a book that you like in a bookstore, and I do recommend supporting local businesses, but take a picture of it, go home, Google the author, Google what else they've written. If it seems good and you can read a, a page or two of it, then go back to the bookstore and buy it. I think that when it comes to spell work or anything yeah. witchcraft, it shouldn't be a, a, an impulse buy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, unless you have tons of money, you don't care about throwing out a book, but- you know, I also don't have a lot of time. Or you're just like irresponsible <laughs> like I am. But no, but seriously, like, you know, you should take time. And I've done that. I've written down the names of books or taken a picture, gone online and done some research on stuff because the last thing I want is to spend some time with a book and then go, this was useless. You know, if you do have a community that you can yeah. count on, ask them, you ever heard of this author? Do you know who this is? Um, I've seen books. Yeah. I'm not going to say any names now, but... Of some people and I've said okay I have no idea where you came from and I have to do a deep dive on you before I commit to this book because I don't know what you're going to be feeding me yeah Thich Nhat Hanh, the Buddhist um, teacher once said that you know we should be we should really be discerning when it comes to the tv we, we watch the movies we watch the books we read because just like food this is going inside of us. It becomes part of us. And some things like this book, we reject. Mm -hmm. This would be like, you know, food poisoning and we threw it up and we're done. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but it's a part of us. So I think you have to be discerning. So that's really, yeah. that's why I was happy this book was not what we, what I had thought it was. Um, because I think we are going to run into books like this. And what do we do? And how do we make sure we don't have books like this in our library? Yeah. So that's actually a really good point because I've definitely posted on the Instagram, like I've I've purchased recently a couple of like new spell books, like probably, you know, published in this decade for sure spell books. And I did that because I wanted to have some inspiration because we're posting a spell every Sunday and I want to make sure that I have like something going on up there. But um, I bought that those books to be inspiration to me. So not to take the spells and just re replicate them wholesale, but to say, all right, how does this author look at it? And how does that author look at it? With this book that we read, I don't think I would suggest doing that because the spells are written in such a way where I 
I mean, first of all, they're they're all like really appropriative in a way that's like too far for me. If I can tell, like if you can look at a spell and be like, I know this came from Puerto Rico, that's too much, right? Like I know a lot of modern spells definitely have appropriative aspects, but if it's if it's appropriative because it came from Wicca, I feel less bad about it versus if it's appropriative because they took it directly from a diaspora um like religious practice and so for this book you know i did i did think that oh we're reading a spell book i'll be able to use this to like inspire some sit and spells i don't yeah. think i would do that i think maybe i would take the title of the spell but i would not take anything from the contents of these spells comfortably um so I don't, I'm sorry if I anyone know, bought too. it. Also, because it was like a little hard to do. It was? Another one? So, well, what happened was I ordered the book on Thrift Books because I don't want to support um, Jeff Bezos. And the book, like, hasn't shipped. <laughs> I ordered it like two weeks ago. The book still hasn't shipped. So I did end up having to order it on Amazon to get it delivered for me to do the podcast because I was like, hmm, you know, this is a... Uh, Taking a really long time to mm, okay. So unfortunately, if you want this book, you really should just order from Amazon because at least you'll get it. But you don't need it. Um, you know, we'll have to I yeah. can't think of the names, but I use a bunch of different sources when I want books online and they usually ship. Some of them take a while, but some of them are really, really good. And I've had success finding books that yeah. are hard to get and not like super expensive at all, you know, really cheap. So Yeah, we should do that. Actually, we should do a podcast just on like how we gather our resources. That would be good. I was thinking, because I know people have That'd asked for good. this, maybe gathering our resources and the science of spells can be one thing. Yes, right? Yeah. Yes. Because now we've yes. talked so much about that, but we haven't really gone in depth. So I think we should talk about how we come up with spells and the science behind it, which, you know, science, I'm going to yes. say loose science. Um yeah. Because I don't think that some of these things have been tested scientifically. They've been tested by witches over time, but you know they haven't been put together. Yes, you know. but we definitely we definitely rely on a, on a scientific right. method. So I think I think we could we can metaphorically call it a science. I think I would like to. Do okay, that. <laughs> I like that too. So I think we have a lot happening in October. This is the first. Um, it's amazing. It's already October first when this comes out. I'm super excited. It's a great month. So what else comes out today? Today is the first day of Witch Fest North, which is Canadian based by Monica Bordersky um, and her coven. They put together a month long event where they have different speakers and classes and, you know, all this stuff. So please check them out at Witch Fest North. Um, they're online, their Facebook page as well. And they have an Instagram presence. I will be part of the opening ceremonies. And Monica and I are doing a full moon ritual. So, yeah. So that, that should be kind of exciting on the first. What else is happening in October? So we also have the third. You have um, Moon Serpent and Bone. They have their market. Uh, yes. We're not taking part in that one um, because there was a lot to do. And Gemini's moving to a, a gorgeous new place. So we yeah. needed time. So we're not part of that. Yay. But we, is it the third or the second? Is it Friday or Saturday? <gasps> I don't know. We will tell you on yes, Instagram. Yes, we'll tell you on Instagram because you should definitely check it out. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to go on there and see who's there. Yeah, we'll, we will 
be purchasing oh, for sure. Yeah. Even if there's no video from us, like we're going to buy things because that's who exactly. We are. And then on the 30th, they're having their big Samhain market. And we are definitely taking part yes. in that. And we're super excited for what we're going to be doing for that. And we're getting, I'm getting super excited and nervous for our Samhain um, podcast because we have something cooking that oh, we're not yeah. going to talk about yet. But it's just been um, a dream to be able to do this. So yeah, it's going to be really yeah. Unless it falls apart and then we'll let you know <laughs> about that as well. But hopefully it won't. Yeah. That's true. Jinx, I'm not. not yeah, I know. All right. So this was good. Even though it was a bad book, I think that uh, we hope that it was helpful to people. I almost feel like we do better with bad books. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because sometimes with a good book, there's like not that much to say. Because it's just like, this book is good. Read this book. But with a bad book, you get to like really get into the meat of like things that define our practice or things that are important, you know, as a respectful member of a community, like you learn more from a bad book than you do from a good book. I guess. I just think we have more fun tearing into something than just going, oh my God, did you love this? Oh, you know, yeah. but we're going to try not yes. to pick bad. No, no, I shouldn't say that. I think that. I will definitely make sure that I'm talking about the right book before I say it's a good book because I obviously, yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what comes next. Yeah. And until what comes next, thank you so much to Sean McShane for our intro and outro music. Thank you to all of you for listening to us and for giving us a platform and just being the amazing audience that you are. And of course, if you're following the moons, you're following us. 